what he does is blow bubbles out of his nose and then tries to eat them. Hello, I'm John Rossi. I'm a touring drummer with a passion for animal conservation. When I'm on the road, I spend as much time as possible visiting zoos, aquariums, and conservation organizations. Now, I want to share those places with you. I'll be talking to keepers, vets, conservationists, anyone who can help me in my mission of connecting my people to animals through their people. Join me on my raw safari. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the podcast that is here for a big-time celebration, the Rasafari Podcast. That's right, y'all. We are back with our series at Adventure Aquarium in Camden, New Jersey, because they are about to start celebrating, or celebrating Sea Turtle Awareness Month. That's right, y'all. It is the month to be aware of sea turtles. And uh, for those of you who listened to my interview with Alex at the start of the Adventure Aquarium series, you know that it used to be Sea Turtle Awareness Week. But, you know, there's so many cool sea turtles at this aquarium and, you know, in the world that uh, it's gotten expanded to be a whole month, which I just love. Sea Turtle Awareness Week was actually where I started connecting with some people at Adventure Aquarium. And although it would take a long time and and other things to happen to get me in there, uh, I I like to think that these these four little goobers at this aquarium definitely helped with the the creation of the relationship with the Rasafari podcast and Adventure Aquarium. So pretty excited about that. So Here's the deal. We're going to talk about sea turtles. We're going to talk about conservation. We're going to talk about the four sea turtles that live at Adventure Aquarium. But I am not a turtle racist or speciesist, I guess would be the word. Or probably there isn't a word because this is a weird thing to be saying. However, I do make sure that we touch on the other turtles that live at the aquarium. Uh, You'll hear all about that before we get to the sea turtles because, as you all know, I'm a big fan of delayed gratification. Uh, Yeah, I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm a dork. I am a dork. And this is a commercial. Today's episode is brought to you by Daydreamers Studios. Do you have stories and expertise to share with the world? Have you ever thought about starting your own podcasts? There's no better time to start than now with the help of a trusted production partner. Daydreamer Studios is a full-service production company that takes all the stress off your plate. You can focus on creating engaging content while they focus on recording, editing, audio engineering, hosting, and publishing on 22 platforms. Log into the advanced remote system with one click and the Daydreamer team will be on the other end ready for you to record everything you have to say. Owned and operated by Daydreamer Network, Daydreamer Studios continues on the company's mission to empower storytellers of all kinds by making podcasting accessible to all. For more information and current promotions, visit daydreamernetwork.com studios. All right, so my interview today is with Lauren Haber of Adventure Aquarium. And before we get to that, just a quick reminder to go ahead and hit subscribe. And hey, if you're willing to uh, leave a quick review, you could just tap the little five-star button. Please make it five stars, please, uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or, you know, wherever you listen, if they happen to have that option. And also, if you 
took a couple minutes and left a written review, it really does help people find the podcast. And speaking of the podcast, uh, if you would like to support the pod financially, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash Rossafari. There are some cool added goodies if you do that, um, including some behind the scenes audio and extra clips and even a couple of extra episodes of the pod out there for my patrons. So that's pretty exciting. Um, it's, it starts at as little as $3 for a month. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's worth it. I hope you do, too. So check that out. Also, if you're not interested in committing to a monthly uh, contribution, but you would like to help the pod, you can Venmo me at Safari. Nice and easy. Okay, enough talking about me. Let's talk about turtles with Lauren Haber of Adventure Aquarium. All right. So why don't we start off by uh, you telling me who you are? where we are, and what you do here. Hi, yeah. my name is Lauren Haber. Um, I am a senior biologist at Adventure Aquarium. And specifically, uh, you work with? I work with the sea turtles. Yeah, you do. And we are here to celebrate Sea Turtle Awareness Month, uh, which is one of my favorite of all the months. I'm um, pretty excited. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you about the turtles here because this is this is my home aquarium and these are my turtles too. I love them. I, I know all of them. This is going to be one of those episodes where when I'm asking you to tell me about them, um, I'll be nodding a lot because, <laughs> you know, my listeners need to learn about this crew here. But I've, I've spent time with them and, and I know them. I know them like my own. So I'm uh, <laughs> pretty excited. But before we get to know them, let's start off by talking about you a little bit. Um, sure. How did you get into this career? So I have always had a fascination with animals, like ever since I can remember. I remember the first time I saw a praying mantis. My dad showed it to me in a bush, and I just thought it was the coolest thing. And ever since then, I knew I wanted to do something that involved nature and animals. So in college, I majored in environmental biology. Nice. I went to the UNC Greensboro. Okay. So started out in North Carolina. Um, and then a few months out of college, I got my first job at the um, North Carolina Aquarium at Pine Knoll Shores. Wonderful place. And then I worked there for two years, and then I moved here. To Adventure Aquarium. So is Adventure what brought you to the Camden, Philly area? Yes. Okay. That's exciting. What was it that made you want to start working here? Um, so my family lives in Maryland. Um, so I wanted to be a little bit closer to them. Um, and when I was applying for positions, they're the ones who hired me. <laughs> As <laughs> simple that is, as that. That is often what, what makes it happen in this industry. You have to be willing to move. But that's cool that it puts you near your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard a rumor that there is an aquarium in Maryland, too. There um, is. You know, the National Aquarium. Yes. That's where I grew up going as a kid. Um, and, and Same. Clip, so. Okay, nice. Yes. Nice. Uh, actually, um, I forgot to mention this, but I did my internship at the National Aquarium. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. Calypso the sea turtle was my Mm -hmm. first, like, heart animal, you know. That's uh, that's very cool. And, um, and yeah, so you've been been to three different aquariums. That's Mm -hmm. that's pretty exciting. And uh, was it was it always turtles for you or herps in general or? Um, so yes, 
I've, I've always liked both fish and herps, but I'd have to say if I have to choose, the herps win a little bit more yeah. for me. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, there are certain types of animals that I've just discovered kind of are cool because of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I was never that into birds, to be honest with you. And now I, I have learned a ton and I think they're, you know, amazing. And yeah, fish, cool. fish were kind of the same way. I would go to aquariums all the time. Mm-hmm. And never really stopped to look at the fish because I was <laughs> I was looking for the turtles and the crocodilians and all the other weirdness like octopuses. But um, it turns out fish are pretty cool. Yeah, I grew up going fishing a lot, and I still really enjoy going fishing. Just nice, seeing what's down there. Right, that's very cool. Um, but as cool as fish are. And I'm realizing just now that we're doing a you know, five-episode series here and not talking about <laughs> fish. So, <laughs> Well, you talk about sharks, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's fair. But um, I'm pretty entertained by the whole lack of general discussion of most of the animals that are here when I think of it. <laughs> um, but all of that said, uh, we are here to talk about turtles. And before we get to the sea turtles, there is a little section of this aquarium that I love so much. So whenever I get here, I go up the escalator. I go past the food court area and usually buy a soft pretzel because they are my weakness in life. And then then, um, hang a left and I make my way to the sea turtles. But in doing so, you have to walk past a bunch of exhibits, including a bunch of little smaller turtle exhibits. Mm -hmm. And I... Love those exhibits. So I want to talk about the different turtles that are there. Can you walk me through some of those? Yeah, of course. Um, So first we've got the snake neck turtles. They're from Australia. Then we've got snaps, our common snapping turtle, which you'll find around here. And then we have our terrapins, which you can also find around here. Yes. And as, as a Marylander, I must be a fan of the Terps because that is the University of Maryland's um, mascot. Not a sports fan, but sure. <laughs> I meant the actual Terps, not, oh, the, yeah. no, not the smelly people playing basketball. I meant actual Terps. <laughs> yes, they're much more interesting to me. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Um, yeah, so let's let's talk about – let's go through each of those exhibits and talk through them a little bit. So tell me about the, um, the snake neck turtles. Uh, just a little bit about them, you know, some basic stuff for people who don't know what they are. I'm guessing you can figure out that they have long necks mm-hmm. like snakes. So. They do. They have abnormally long necks. I've heard a lot of people describe them as looking kind of like a long neck dinosaur. Yes. Like a Diplodocus. Um, but I think the coolest feature of them is their eyes. They're so piercing because they got, you know, a regular pupil like any animal, but then their, their, um, iris is like a bright yellow. It almost glows. And when they look straight at you, it's like, whoa, (laughs) absolutely, it's really cool. It really is. Um, ours really love people. So whenever we ever go to the back of the exhibit to feed or just do maintenance in there. They're always right there splashing at the surface. She's doing an impression of them splashing (laughs) on the surface, by the way, y'all. It's pretty cool. (laughs) So um, I think they're very cute. (laughs) They really are. I feel like when I tell people that I love turtles and stuff, I feel like they 
you know, a lot of times people don't get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no, they're really cute. And those eyes especially. Yeah. The turtles with big shiny eyes are definitely the cutest, um, mm-hmm. whether it's snake necks or um, uh, black-breasted mm-hmm. leaf turtles, right, that have mm-hmm. just eyes that they, they look like Muppets. Mm-hmm. It's it's ridiculous, yeah. Um, cool. And then next to them is Snaps, you said. Yep. And Snaps is a very creatively named <coughs> <laughs> snapping turtle. Um, we didn't so, name him. Okay, fair, fair. So they're common snapping. Or, well, Snaps is a common snapping yes, turtle. Yes, he is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about them. So he is a male, as we've said. Um, but yeah, you can find them in the Delaware. They're very common around here. And you're especially going to start seeing them more and more. So um, their nesting season is coming up. So um, when anytime you see a really big turtle, especially in the road, it's usually a female who's trying to come up to either get back to the water after laying her eggs, or she's going to find a nesting site to lay her eggs. So be on the lookout for that. Interesting. Yeah, that's always always good to keep your eyes on the road and not on your screens. Um, and uh, and so would they don't actually lay their eggs in the water. Correct. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, I did they not have to come out of the water. They the female will dig a little hole and uh, deposit her eggs in there, cover it up, and then head on out. Nice. Very cool. And. Um, since we're on the subject, what what do you think of um, snapping turtles as pets? I don't think it's a great idea. Um, they do get quite large. It's also illegal in New Jersey. Okay, <laughs> cool. So it's not in Pennsylvania, I don't believe. And I will double check sure. that. This is why we edit. But I know that, you know, as I travel the country, I'll go to herp shows from time to time just to check them out. Yeah. And whenever I see snapping turtles for sale, I'm like, this is a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. You you might have to have a permit. It really depends on the state. But New Jersey, they're very strict about reptile husbandry. They really want you to have a permit. And they definitely don't want you to have native species as pets. It's time for interrupting, 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 interrupting John. Hey, y'all, just wanted to jump in for a second to say that I did check that out, and I was correct. You are allowed to own uh, all the kinds of snapping turtles in the state of Pennsylvania, but maybe just, you know, don't. And also, if for any reason you do, then don't uh, get annoyed when they get really large and release them into the wild to fend for themselves, because that is just gross. All right. Back to the interview. Makes sense. Makes sense. I I actually I guess I'm a little surprised that they care more about native species because I always think of the problem being that, you know, when you get an invasive species and then it gets too big and gets released. But it's interesting that they're focused on the native as well. Mm -hmm. But just in general, probably not a. Not a great idea. Yeah, not yeah. a great idea. They do grow up to have a very strong jaw as yeah. well. And uh, you may think it loves you, but it doesn't. And <laughs> it will not hesitate to bite you if it feels like it. And so what's it like feeding snaps? Um, I haven't actually fed him in a while. But uh, I know that they were target training him. Nice. So um, they have a target that they put in the water to let him know it's time to eat. He comes up and they use a pair of tongs. To feed him his food. Um, he usually gets a variety of fish, like trout or smelt. Um, and I think he also gets greens, too. So it might be surprising to think that a snapping turtle likes to eat 
greens and vegetables, but he actually loves romaine. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, and then that brings us to the Terrapins. Again, not the not the basketball players. Um, <laughs> but if you don't know what a Diamondback Terrapin is, go ahead, use the Google machine and and check it out because they are one of the most beautiful turtle species ever, 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 ever. Um, and I know that they generally in the wild will live in uh, brackish water. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm curious. Uh, I know that sometimes in the pet trade they can be kind of bred to live in fresh or brackish. I don't know how healthy that is for them. Like I said, there are a lot of issues with the the pet trade in general. But um, do y'all live? Do y'all have uh, the the terrapins in brackish? Or? We do. Okay. Yeah, yes, but they they do get a freshwater bath. Um, a couple times a week. That's mainly so that they can drink the fresh water. It's also good for their skin. Um, but yeah, since they are adapted to living in a more brine environment, um, they can't necessarily drink that water. So oh, they do have to make trips to fresh water in order to get that. Interesting. Um, and yeah, I, I love the, the, I love that. That is a, uh, a turtle spa day. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. pretty adorable. And, um, yeah. Uh, and for people that live in like Maryland and that, you know, kind of area in general, um, terrapins are another species that you will see crossing roads a lot and you really need to be cognizant of that fact because, uh, they need our help. Yeah. Especially when you go down to the shore You'll, a lot of times if you look, there'll be signs posted for turtle crossing and that down the shore, it's specifically for terrapins. Yes, absolutely. And I'm always sad when I see one of those signs and then don't see a turtle. Because yeah. I, just, I think that they should know to cross there. You know, mm-hmm. that's why they have the mm-hmm. signage. <laughs> yeah. Just, and just like the snapping turtles, they have to come out of the water to lay their eggs and they do it just the same way. The female digs a hole, deposits her eggs in it, and then she heads back to the water. These female turtles have it tough. I'll tell you what. They really do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the, I think one of the hardest things as, as a kid who fell in love with turtles and then started learning about them was realizing how much, you know, humans and turtles don't really work well together. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not ideal, but, and, and we will talk more about that, but Hey, that's the whole point here is to raise awareness of that fact, you know? So, um, but then once you go past those, those turtle exhibits, yeah, there are some, you know, a kookaburra and some, some penguins and some <laughs> fish and crap, but whatever, what we're excited about is then you get to the sea turtles. Da, 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 da. Woo! And I am, so excited to share about these goobers. Um, let's start off uh, just by kind of giving me an overview, what kind of species you have here, all of that. Sure. So we have two species of sea turtle that you'll see here. We've got green sea turtles, one of each, two of them, and then we have two loggerhead sea turtles. Absolutely. And um, they they just have... So much personality. Oh, yes. Um, So I think what we need to do is just start off right away by let's just talk through the turtles that are here. Sure. So we'll start off with Old Green. She is our female green sea turtle. I'm not sure how she got her name. I wasn't here when they named her, but that is her name, and it does kind of suit her. 
mean, um, she's old and green, so I she, think yeah. she is one of our <laughs> oldest sea turtles. Um, so she is thirty years old. Okay, same age as the aquarium. Nice, nice. Um, she's our second largest sea turtle. So believe it or not, most of the time, female turtles are larger than males. Um, she's in the 320, 350 pound range. We're not actually sure. We only, um, we do an annual physical on them once a year. So that's the only time we get an update on their actual size. Uh, it's coming up for us, but it's been almost a year since we weighed them and they like to eat. They do like to eat. <laughs> it's yes, one this, of their favorite pastimes. This, this crew is known for for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but so Old Green is known for liking to, quote unquote, snuggle with divers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Um, but really what happens is as soon as divers are getting in the water, she's the first one to come over and say hi and a lot of times that means while you're just trying to do mind your own business, scrubbing or doing whatever, she likes to come over and lay down on top of you. <laughs> so a 350-pound turtle just laying down on top of you while you're underwater, not always the greatest thing. Yeah, it sounds less than ideal, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but usually no harm is done. Um, why Why do you think that is? What is it that she is attempting to accomplish? So Old Green's backstory is she was found by someone while they were on vacation somewhere tropical. Um, and they decided it was a good idea to bring her home with them and keep her in their bathtub. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Yes. Uh so being that that's not an ideal living situation for a sea turtle and not getting the right diet, this person finally took her to a pet store. The pet store was like, uh, you're not allowed to have that. We're not allowed to have that called fish and wildlife. And they confiscated her. And then she ended up here. But because she is so acclimated to people she sees us for everything. So that's probably why she loves people and right. being around them so much. That makes sense. That makes sense. Probably like one of those dogs that doesn't quite realize how big, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I'm a lap dog, says the 350-pound turtle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay. Well, that's really interesting. Um, and is, is there anything else you want to say about her before we move on? I do. I love her so much. I love all of them, but I don't know, something about her personality, nice. her eyes, her willingness to be around people. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I I feel like, you know, if we're being honest, you know, obviously, should sea turtles be taken home? No, no. absolutely not. Nobody is saying yes. 
But also, do we like when, after the fact, then you have a very loving sea turtle? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's always really tough to strike that balance and say, like, look, this is wrong. This should not have happened. Exactly. since it happened, we're going to give her the best life ever. And also, I get to cuddle a sea turtle. So, holy cow, I love my life. But should not happen. Should not happen. (laughs) Yes. And and we we try not to lay hands on any of our turtles unless it is medically necessary. Obviously, if an animal is trying to lay down on you, though, you don't really have any choice but to push them away. (laughs) Fair, fair. Um, And even though you don't like to lay hands on them, uh, turtles do like scratches and such, right? Yes. So how are you able to accomplish that? So we use the same brushes that we use to scrub the exhibit of algae and detritus to also scratch their backs. Nice. Yeah. It's cute. I like that. Yeah. She does enjoy her scratches. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. So that's old green. And then let's stay uh, with the greens for a minute and get to, well, I kind of have two favorite turtles, (laughs) which I know, I know I get a lot of crap from my fans for not knowing what the word favorite means, but one of them is, is stitches. Yes. And so let's talk about stitches. All right. So, as you probably have gathered, Stitches is our male green sea turtle. Uh, he is a little bit smaller, uh, about 360 pounds. Um, he's our, our smallest adult sea turtle. He's also our youngest adult sea turtle. And uh, he, I like to say he has a very sweet look to him. His eyes, they're very sweet. Can't really explain it. You have to see it to really understand what I mean. But um, I don't know. It's just something about his face. It's a he's, good face. Yeah. He's a good boy. He's probably, I would say, the nicest sea turtle um, and usually the most well-behaved. Usually. 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 <laughs> he has his moments. But um, uh, if you if you come and see him... He has the more speckly shell, so he's a little bit more um, intricately colored than Old Green is. She's a little bit more brownish in color, whereas Stitches has a lot of spotting on his shell. Um, well, and and also, and how he got his name is super weird and unique. I've yes. I've seen turtles all around this country, and I've never seen anything like that. So, can you can you describe that? Yes, so his he got his name because of the way his shell looks. Um, if you look at him from above, straight down, it kind of looks like his shell is stitched together, like almost like he has a whole line of stitching down his back. So that's how he gets his name. Um, we know that he's a male because he has a much longer tail than the females do. Uh, so Old Green has a tiny little hot dog. Tail, <laughs> whereas Stitches has a, a much longer one. Yes, yes. Stitches has the longer tail, and also, so going back to the shell design, just trying to, and y'all, you know, follow along on Facebook, follow along on Instagram. I'll be posting pictures that will will make this easier to see. But the the scoots line up. Like, they line up. Mm-hmm. Normally, if you think of a turtle, you'll think of, like, uh, almost each of the, the, the scoots, the individual parts of the shell, uh, don't really line up evenly. They, you know, you might, if you were to draw one, you might draw a pentagon or a hexagon for each one, and then mm-hmm. they would be next to each other. But this is like, boom, two rows going straight down, perfectly lined up. 
literally it looks like somebody who doesn't quite know what a sea turtle shell looks like drew a sea turtle shell. Yeah. It's it's really cool to see and and definitely check out um the social medias to to see pictures of that. But um yeah, it's it's really fascinating. I've never seen anything like it. Um and I know that that stitches uh plays a little game. Mm-hmm. Um so 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 tell everyone about that. Yes, so he likes to keep himself occupied <laughs> by literally what he does is blow bubbles out of his nose and then tries to eat them. <laughs> it's the it's cutest adorable. thing ever. <laughs> yes. Um so why do turtles blow bubbles in general? Like that is a normal thing, right? It is. I believe it's them trying to clear out their sinuses, um, especially whenever they go up to take a breath, they take a big puff out. Maybe you'll hear it whenever we go up there. Um, and sometimes being underwater, just like we do, they get snot or stuff stuck up there. So blowing that out can help release anything in there. Cool. But uh, yeah, so that's that's the reason. But he just does it for fun. Mm-hmm. And then he tries to bite them. And mm-hmm. It is the dorkiest thing you have ever seen. It is so cute. It is so awesome. Um, that It was that moment when I found that out about Stitches that I was like, oh, you're my favorite. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else about Stitches before we move on? Nope. Okay. Cool. Great. And then let's go to the loggerheads. Um, sure. So why are loggerheads called loggerheads? So they get their name because they have a big head. Like, I guess someone thought it looked like a log. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, I guess if you saw them just floating at the surface out in the ocean, you might think, oh, that's just a log. But you get closer, oh, it's a sea turtle. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very happy moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the reason for that is they have a lot of muscle in their head because their favorite food to eat is hard shell things like crabs, lobsters, shellfish. What do you know? Um, and they need that strong muscle structure to crush those shells that they can, so that they can eat them. Yeah. Okay. And so let's start off with our larger loggerhead. Sure. Her name is Bob. Yes, her name is Bob. <laughs> is this short for anything? Is this like a Roberta or something, or is it just Bob? Nope, it's okay. just Bob. Nice. Um, so the reason for that is whenever Bob came to us, she was not sexually mature. So sea turtles don't reach sexual maturity until they're between 10 and, or 15 and 20 years. Um, so we wanted to give her a name. We had a 50% chance of guessing the right one. We didn't. But hey, it's okay. Yeah, it works. It suits her. She she does Bob along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what can you tell me about Bob? So she is our oldest sea turtle at 31 years old. Been here the longest. Um, she came to us as part of a Head Start program. Uh, which we'll also talk about with Ozzy as well. Oh, yes, we will. Um, So what that means is during sea turtle hatching nesting season, um, we have people out there monitoring the nests. It's usually volunteer-based, but coordinated by an aquarium in the location. Um, And whenever the nest hatches... 
we just watch it. Let it happen naturally. And then about three days later, they will go in and excavate the nest and see if any of the turtles did not make it out on their own. Those animals will be brought back to a facility, whether it be a sea turtle conservation center or an aquarium. And they will keep them and feed them and nurse them back to health if they're unhealthy. And then those animals will get released. However, a few of those animals, they will hold back and they will distribute among aquariums nationwide. And the aquarium will keep that animal for about a year. Then they will put a tracking emitter on their shell and release them back out into the wild. And then you see where they go. So Bob was a part of that program, but while she was at the facility, she became so acclimated to people, she kept coming back to the boat. So they were afraid that she would be doing that out in the wild, and that's really not a good thing. So they decided that she should probably live out the rest of her life in an aquarium. So that's how we got her. Love it. That's very cool. And um, with those Head Start programs, um, it's not just like they don't just live there for a year to um, you know to live there for a year. Uh, most of the dangers facing sea turtles come within the first year of life, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Big, you know, they're really tiny and so they're predator issues and, and light pollution issues and all kinds of things. So if a turtle can get through the first year of life, it greatly increases their, yes. their chance of survival. Yeah, they grow quite a bit in that first year. So um, whenever they're just little babies, even though they have a shell, there's still snacks for pretty much anything out there who wants to try to eat them. But once they're about a year old, they're much bigger and not so many things are able to eat them as easily. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I know that when I started coming here, um, there was a Head Start turtle every year and mm-hmm. I would, I would track it and I would see the growth and that that's currently not the case. Um, yes. what's going on with that program? I don't know all of the details of this, but I believe the tracking emitters became too expensive to keep using Okay, and they didn't last very long. It was very rare that they would last more than a few months. So I think that's the reason why okay. Fish and, and yeah. Wildlife shut it down. So, yeah, so the program has been shut down right now. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of um, aquariums and biologists and stuff are pushing to get it started again, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, even without the tracking data, and I can understand, like, ugh, sometimes I get frustrated. But I do understand that, you know, sometimes we need um, – reasons like tracking data to do programs, Mm -hmm. but just the Head Start program itself was so successful and was so good for education. And I know every time I was here and people saw a baby sea turtle, Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. That was ridiculous. Yes. And, um, and that leads us to the fourth turtle here Mm -hmm. who, um, has been here since starting in a Head Start program. That's right. And, uh, I have a story, which is that, um, I was talking to to somebody here uh, when Ozzy first got here. Mm-hmm. 
okay. and had not yet been named and was not yet on display. And they were kind enough to take me in the back and show me baby, 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 <laughs> Ozzy. So I have literally seen Ozzy from the time that Ozzy was the size of, I don't know, a quarter maybe? Maybe a little bigger than that. But I mean, it was it was tiny at first. Like, I remember, you know, okay, I'm exaggerating. But small, definitely small. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, so talk to me about Ozzy. Sure. So Ozzy is our special case. Um, Ozzy came to us because he was deemed non-releasable. And I'm going to call him a he only because that sounds less impersonal. Um, We actually do not know the sex of Ozzy yet because Ozzy is only 11 and has not reached sexual maturity quite yet. We suspect it might be a female, but we're not sure. Um, But yes, so Ozzy came to us from the North Carolina Aquarium at Pine Knoll Shores, which I actually used to work there. Not at the time that Ozzy was there, but I was on the trip from Adventure Aquarium to go pick him up and bring him back. Okay, pause. So tell me what that was like. Tell me, like, how does that work and how do you transport a a small sea turtle? Good question. So it was a long trip, New Jersey to North Carolina. It's a long trip. Um, But uh, basically, so you might think that we would put them in a tank or something to let them swim around in. That's actually not the best way to transport a sea turtle. We do want to keep them wet. So we basically put them in like a big Tupperware bin with a wet towel sprayed down with salt water and just kind of keep that on them during the trip and uh, check on them routinely during the trip and make sure that towel stays wet and spray them down. We also add lubricant to their eyes to keep them from drying out as well. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So was it a one-day trip back? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't have to, like, sneak a sea turtle into a hotel room? No. no. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Use the bathtub in the hotel room. I, I don't know. I, you know. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> if you are an aquarist at an aquarium, it's okay. Otherwise, yes, that is a bad idea. Um, okay, very cool. And then so Ozzy came back here mm-hmm. and talked to me about Ozzy. So Ozzy, as I was saying, is our special case. So he was deemed non-releasable pretty quickly, um, mainly because his hind flippers did not form correctly. They're actually too small for what he needs, and he really can't use them at all. Um, And because of that, he has issues with his buoyancy. So you'll know you're seeing Ozzy, one, because he's smaller than the other three turtles, but also because of the way Ozzy swims. Uh, Ozzy has a condition called bubble butt, um, which means he has gas trapped in the hind part of his shell. Generally, sea turtles use their hind flippers to help them with their buoyancy. Ozzy can't do that. He literally can't use his hind legs at all. Um, so he swims kind of funny with kind of uh, vertically. In the water column. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> um, I feel like Ozzy also kind of hides a lot. He's he's usually the least visible. Ozzy does like to sleep a lot. Um, still still growing, yeah. maybe eleven, but that's pretty young for a sea turtle. 
we're talking about an animal that can live over a hundred years. Um, but yes, Ozzy does like to sleep a lot. Um, he has a special place that he likes to sleep in the most. He's, he's not always there, but most of the time he likes to sleep. Uh, if you're looking at the big, long panoramic window, he likes to sleep under a piece of decor um, to the left. Um, he basically will tuck his head underneath that piece of decor to anchor him in place and then go to sleep. Nice. That, uh, that makes sense. And um, what else can you tell me? What's his personality like? Uh, we've already gotten two poop stories poop story. about Ozzy. So <laughs> I, I know that he, uh, he tends to offend some of the people. <laughs> <laughs> so Ozzy, um, you may think with all of his disabilities that, you know, he might not be very uh, dramatic, but... I would say Ozzy's one of the most dramatic turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy likes to bite the other sea turtles. Nice, nice. He's not afraid of them, even <laughs> though they are bigger than him. And he's not afraid to try to steal their food either. <laughs> um, it's very funny to watch him chasing another animal like Bob around and Bob being like, oh, no. <laughs> um so Ozzy, I would say Ozzy has one of the biggest personalities of any of the turtles in there. Uh, and definitely his um, handicaps do not prevent him from doing any of the things he needs to do as a sea turtle. He can still come up to the surface and take a breath as he needs to. And he can still go down to the bottom and nap as he needs to as well. He just does it a little bit differently. Eh, nothing wrong with that. Um, and so, um, you know, I know that sea turtles are solitary animals, mm -hmm. um, but they also do, you know, live in the ocean together and sometimes you'll see them together and such. So how do they do coexisting, not counting Ozzy playing, you know, tag <laughs> with them all? Um, so generally the only time sea turtles are coming together is to mate, um, during mating season, you know, the males and the females, they're getting together. But then other than that. They mostly steer clear of each other. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I've I've seen them, I've seen them working together really? in, in the tank here, though. Um, oh, yes, ma mainly to to um, to get food. Yes, yeah. um, they do. When, especially whenever we're trying to feed the sharks, mm -hmm. they love trying to steal the sharks' food, even when they've just been fed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they are bottomless pits, it seems like. Um, but yes, they will all group around the area where you're trying to feed a different animal, and it can be very frustrating trying to get the food to the animal you want to. <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, one time that I was here, um, I saw uh, there was there was something something foodie in the you know in mm -hmm. the tank, and um, people were trying to get it out using a long net on a pole okay and um i i still cannot believe that i saw this this level of coordination <laughs> it was like watching the raptors in jurassic park in slow motion <laughs> but um so the food was netted mm -hmm. and started to go up and bob went above the net and pushed down on the the handle while stitches went up from below 
and inverted the net, knocking the food out, getting the food to them in their mouths. And this happened multiple times. And it was so amazing watching sea turtles team <laughs> up to, to beat <laughs> the human up top. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I have, I have it on good authority that um, while y'all love your sea turtles here, that they are, are a bit of a problem sometimes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if, if you ask me what, what do you dislike about your job, that will be one of the things. When you're trying to get, get an animal to eat while you have to battle with these sea turtles at the same time. <laughs> and you keep trying and you keep trying and they keep getting it. Ugh. Now, you do realize that just makes me like them that much yes. more, right? Okay. Yes. It yeah. makes me like them that much more, too. Fair. Except fair. when I'm in that moment. Right. Fair, fair. Yeah. Mischievous sea turtles is just not something that I, I always knew existed, and that's that's pretty special. Um, so what are the threats facing sea turtles out in the wild? Um, so single-use plastic is a really big one, um, so that's why... You know, we're trying to switch over to reusable bags and try to use less plastic in general because plastic loves to make its way into the ocean. So it's a problem for sea turtles primarily because out in the ocean, a sea turtle's favorite thing to eat, one of their favorite things to eat, are jellyfish. Go figure. What is in a jellyfish that is even nutritionally, you know, <laughs> adequate. I don't know, but they love them. Um, and unfortunately, to a sea turtle, a floating plastic bag looks a lot like a jellyfish to them. And not only them, but other sea creatures as well. Um, and if they accidentally eat a plastic bag, it's pretty much a death sentence for them unless there's some sort of human intervention. Um, it gets all twisted up in their digestive system and they perish from it, unfortunately. So that's why we want to try to keep plastics out of the ocean. It's a good reason. I like it. And that is, you know, um, a way that you can have a, an impact directly yourself. Um, every plastic bag that you let go to the the trash or, or every straw that you use that's a choice that you make and and can have that direct impact on a sea turtle and um look none of us are perfect we we all do it from time to time um but it is definitely something worth considering and and remembering that you can have that that positive impact every time you you make that choice and and it, it can have an impact on sea turtles and other less cool ocean creatures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Very cool. Um, is there anything else you want to tell me about your time at Adventure, the turtles here, any of that stuff? Um, I just want to touch on more. So we actually have an exhibit here that has both jellyfish and plastic bags yes. floating around in it. So you can come and see just how similar they really do look and they really do look similar like it's yeah. it's a good exhibit i like that y'all did that you know? yeah yeah me too yeah um we're actually coming up on sea turtle awareness uh we will be having uh uh i think it's a whole month now right yep yeah, Sea Turtle Awareness Month, which is when we're going to be releasing this episode. So as people are okay. hearing this, it'll be right at the top of Sea Turtle Awareness Month. Gotcha. So we used to just do a weekend, but now we're doing a whole month. Absolutely. They deserve it. Um, so during this time, we're going to be trying to raise money for sea turtle conservation and um, 
all of the proceeds go to uh, the Sea Turtle Conservancy. And I'm guessing that's going to be, I was just going to ask you about your conservation organization and is it okay. Sea Turtle Conservancy or do you want to give a shout out to someone else? Uh, just the Sea Turtle Conservancy. Awesome. Yeah, they they do amazing work. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool. And then that makes it time. It's time now, don't you know? We've come to the end of the show. But there's one tale left to go. You're gonna laugh and say, oh no. It's time for the Rossifari poop story. <laughs> All right. Um, so unlike... Many other people. I have not experienced the Aussie poop. (laughs) Somehow I avoided that every time he's been handled. Um, So my story, let's see. I think I'm going to go with the time. I used to be the caretaker for the frogs. Okay. Um, Frogs like to eat crickets. That's one of their main diets here at the aquarium. Uh, but sometimes they don't eat all of the crickets and frogs being amphibians live in water. Crickets and water don't go well together. A lot of times crickets fall in the water and drown. So part of daily maintenance is removing dead crickets from the water uh, because they get really gross. (laughs) (laughs) So I was in the morning working on cleaning out the dead crickets. And the way I was doing it was using a siphon to suck them out of the water um, because it was an area where I couldn't reach with my hand or with a net. Uh, And whenever I went to start the siphon with my mouth, I got a mouthful of cricket water. Oh no. (laughs) It was super gross. I'll never forget it. And I'll never let it happen again. <laughs> oh, that's really gross. Yep. Oh, man. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, and thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is um, great. Yeah, let's go. Let's go see some sea turtles. Okay. Oh, and y'all go see some sea turtles. We did indeed. Now, Adventure Aquarium always has it so that you can go and do a meet the sea turtles experience. It's it's not the cheapest thing in the world, but the money does go both to the aquarium and to conservation efforts, and it is well worth it. In fact, before doing this this time, I had actually visited with the sea turtles twice. Both times were absolutely wonderful, and um, it's really cool. You get to go up to the top of the big ocean tank and hang out with the turtles and feed them and scrub their shells with brushes, and uh, I cannot recommend doing this enough. It's, It's awesome. It's wonderful. It's peaceful as can be. And um, that's where this one got a little extra interesting and extra peaceful for me. And I wanted to share with y'all about this experience. So you may remember from the previous Adventure Aquarium episodes that we've done that there was another Lauren in my life during my time at Adventure Aquarium. Uh, Lauren Belcher, who is the... um, content marketing coordinator at Adventure Aquarium, and she does the social media stuff and is the person who set up all of these interviews and has just been a huge supporter of me and the podcast since she discovered it. And uh, Lauren, I love you and you know that, and I'm so glad that we've gotten to be friends. Yay. Anyway, so that meant that Lauren and Lauren and I 
went up to the sea turtle dock and I got to hop on down uh, with with Lauren Haber and um, feed feed some turtles and and do some scratching and, and all the things I said, like I said, with with the brushes, I wasn't like reaching out and petting sea turtles. Um, but this is where it got kind of extra special. So PR Lauren had to go do a thing. And, um, so we were up there for a couple minutes and then she's like, all right, I, I trust that I can leave you two to it. And, uh, I said, yes, because of course I did. I, w- I didn't want to leave. And Lauren also said yes, um, because she didn't want to leave or because she didn't want me to leave. I don't know, but it's hard to leave that place. I bet even if you are up there all the time working anyway, so I finished my normal turtle experience. It was very turtly. I loved it. Um, even Ozzy came to say hi, which that was the first time that I had been up close with Ozzy and it was amazing. Such a little goober did not poop on me. So that's, that's a positive. Um, but then everything just kind of came to a halt and I was just sitting there and occasionally one of the turtles would come over and I would scratch and then another one might come over and, uh, Old Green spent a lot of time with me, and uh, she definitely does have that people personality thing. And y'all, it was so peaceful, and Lauren had stopped talking, and the turtles were out of food, although Old Green was hanging out and getting very quiet scratches with the brush. And it was so calm, and it was so peaceful, and I loved it so much, and I just kind of zoned out spending time with turtles. And eventually... Lauren was like, hey, John, I hate to do this, but I have a meeting to get to, so we need to get out of here. And of course, I, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, let's go, let's go. I, yeah, thank you for, for this amount of time. And, and I looked down at my watch and I honestly thought that I had been maybe feeding them for five minutes and then hanging out for 10 minutes. Y'all, we sat up there for like, I don't know, I, I forget. It was like a half hour though. It was, it was way too long for Lauren to have, have let me do that. But uh, you know, she did. And I asked her, I said, Oh my goodness, don't you have to do work? Like, I'm so sorry. Did I pull you away? Was I, you know, did, did you not feel comfortable telling me to leave? Because I'm so sorry. I felt, I honestly, I felt really bad. And she was like, no, you just looked so calm and happy and I'm, I'm pretty caught up. So, uh, I tried to give you as long as I could. And, uh, wow, that, that meant a lot. That's hitting me even now, just remembering it. I'm sure you can tell. And, um, it was just, it was just the coolest thing and it meant the world to me. And I'm so appreciative to everyone at adventure. And, um, like I said, you can go have a a smaller version of that experience and I cannot recommend it highly enough. There's something so calming and peaceful, but also fun and exciting and thrilling about interacting with sea turtles like that. So, uh, definitely go check it out. And if you want to check them out online, you can go to adventureaquarium.com or at Adventure Aquarium on social media. I want to say thanks to my Red Panda level patron, Laura Shank. And uh, remember, friends, there's going to be a new episode of Zoo News on Friday. And the word credits backwards is Stiderk. The Rossafari Podcast is produced, hosted, and engineered by John Rossi. Editing and fact-checking by John and Dr. Zoe Vesley-Gross. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan and John. Interrupting John theme and additional voices by Taylor Isaac Gray. You can reach John directly on Instagram and Facebook at Rossafari or by email at rossafaripod at gmail.com. 
Rasafari is part of the Daydreamer Media Network. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.